The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. And welcome to City Quick Connect podcast, legislative edition. I'd like to welcome back my co-host, Scott Slatton. You know, I feel better this week than I did last. You know, I was a little, you were, you were a little, a little down in the dumps, a little droopy. You were a little puny. You little, were. A little droopy last week. It's been a better week. But you told me after we recorded the podcast that you felt better. I felt unburdened at that point, yes. It's very therapeutic. Got, it really is. Don't you imagine? It don't really you, is. Don't you, mm-hmm. don't you agree? I mean, not, not, not really. I mean, it's on my calendar to do. We do it. And then I move on to something else. <laughs> therapeutic is... Maybe a massage or getting out and running in no. cold weather or being able to, to eating share a really big with chocolate our, chip cookie or something. Being able to share with our listener, you know, our. I think we've got more than one. Our uh, experiences is, is cathartic for me got, anyway. I think we've got two or three. Yeah. 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 I'd go the over on that, man. Shout out if to. If I were a uh, betting lady. Shout out to one of our listeners who informed, gave me some good constructive criticism last oh, week. Oh, really? Yes. What did that listener tell you? Yes, perhaps uh, perhaps not so much banter. <laughs> oh, really? Like this. Oh, so, well, let's, ex- get, let's just, extend that banter just, just for this listener. Get to the facts, ma'am. <laughs> All right, fine. No problem. That's then. where we are. Well, this ends another exciting week at the South Carolina State House. Um, we've got several things to talk about. We are anticipating a long week in the House of Representatives next week, starting Monday at 1 p.m. Yep. Um, the House starts the budget process. So they will begin Monday, which is, you know, a little off because they normally don't come in until noon on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So they're going to start Monday afternoon and start going through the Ways and Means Committee's Ways and Means Committee version of the budget. So that means that that will be long days and nights, no subcommittee or committee meetings in the House. Um, everything will happen on the floor. They will likely come in earlier and stay later. Yeah, Ways and Means Committee gave a preview to the membership yesterday, Wednesday, of what they've been working on since the session started in January. They do this annually. Right. And so there shouldn't be too many surprises in the budget for the membership at large, but... Uh, well, except for the possibility of amendments on the floor. Of course. Those easily could be surprises. Absolutely. And there inevitably always are some... Absolutely. ...that we're always watching out for and being vigilant about. So, um, Really something particular in the budget that we are... I mean, we we acknowledge, we know it's in there. There's really nothing we can do about the percentage, um, but yeah. hoping they'll put some money toward it was the 18.1% increase in employer contributions to the state health plan. Right. Yep. That's that's the number. The number is the number, as we said last week. Yeah. Um, that number is not going to change. Nope. Um, it certainly isn't going to go down. Uh, our best hope would be that the House would somehow see its way to share that cost. But in the briefing that uh, Chairman Merle Smith gave yesterday when he was talking about this very subject and acknowledging some of the contact that he'd had with uh, folks back home about the increase, he he said uh, something to to the effect of, welcome to our world. Okay. Welcome to the show. So This is what we got. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that does not uh, indicate to me that he or anybody else on Ways and Means is right. interested in helping to 
cushion that blow for well, local I'll governments. Well, I'll tell you, I will, I'll say a familiar line that I've said before and many other people have said, there's always the Senate. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and always, they are, always the and of course, the Senate is alerted to that, so they know it's coming, and hopefully we can get some, get some relief over there. Um, let's talk about let's talk about three other things while I'm while I'm still on the House side of the State House. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up several more things about the House. Um, the first thing, and this is we're not going to take a lot of time on this, but it was worth mentioning. The House adopted a rules change ahead of budget debate. Yep, and it affects provisos in the budget, right? Or yes. the introducing or adopting of provisos in the budget. Yes. So, which is a proviso, which let me say this for anybody that doesn't know what it is. There's a part 1A of the budget and there's a part 1B. The part 1B includes provisos that change state law for one year. Right. And once they go in, they stay in there for a while. Right. You've called it like a, what is it? Like a the ro- old Roach Motel commercial. Right. I don't, I'm too, well, way too young to Once they this. check in, they don't check out. Yeah. Maybe I remember that when I was really yeah, little. Not, I think you were like in high school or something. Not that much um, So they, they adopted that rules change um, ahead of next week's debate. So we'll, we'll kind of watch and see how that plays out. So what happens often is a proviso that gets put in the budget in the House comes over to the Senate and gets kicked out because of a what the Senate considers a lack of germaneness. Right. Uh, it doesn't meet the Senate's Rule 24 germaneness test in the in the Senate's opinion. And so it's our understanding that the House, in an interest to not have so many provisos booted out of their, their version of the budget, uh, that they change their germaneness test to make it a little more stringent mm-hmm. and then also raise the the voting threshold for the passage of provisos from essentially a, a, a simple majority to a three-fifths majority. A little bit more than, yeah, a little, little bit more required. A little tougher majority. to jump over right. the proviso right. hurdle. So uh, that's that's our understanding was to try and preempt some of these provisos from just getting booted out. Kind of willy-nilly. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll whittle down the number of um, provisos that people ask staff to draft. You know, maybe maybe, maybe it might change somebody's mind as to what, they want to introduce. Which has the potential to cut down on floor time. Right, which exactly. Which has the potential is, to get everybody back home, and yes. out, of, out of session and back home yes. after the budget sooner than, yeah. you know, Wednesday at, at not 10 o'clock or, heck, I don't know, a couple of years ago when I was covering the budget debate, we were there until 3 o'clock in the morning, I yes. would say. And then you had like to go that. home and come back on, on back, a, the on next legislative morning. day yeah. to, to give it third reading because yeah. it had to be the next, yep. Yep. Um, so while we're still in the house, Scott, will you tell um, tell Vicky because I know she's listening? Yes. Um, about the county cleanup bill, House Bill fifty thirty six, about and and that bill is in the house right now. So the the counties in South Carolina have some of the same um, nuisance abatement authorities that cities do. Okay. Okay particularly with regard to residential properties uh, through the International Property Maintenance Code, through the South Carolina Building Code. But they don't necessarily have that same similar authority that we do when it comes to commercial properties. And so for the last couple of sessions, they've been trying to get a bill going that would provide them with more authority to deal with nuisance commercial properties. And so this bill, 5086, would provide them with that authority, number one. But number two, it would 
require or allow counties to bill the property owners on the property tax bill over the course of five years to recover the costs of the cleanup. Okay. All right. Right now, the only authority that they have um, is to just send them a bill for the total amount. They don't pay it. You're out. Then you put a lien on the property and you don't get the lien satisfied until and unless the property exchanges hands. And even then, you're probably not going to recover recover what you you have in in the okay. what you have in the cleanup costs, mm-hmm. right? So that's something that certainly we support supported for the counties that authority to get. But it also hopefully will help us make the case that hey, give require your county auditor and treasurer to bill for municipal cleanup costs on the property tax bill. They have that authority now. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of convincing them at individual cities and towns across the state to convince them to do it. To do it. Okay. Um, So hopefully this is a step closer to getting the county's uh, authority to recover those funds, those, those expended funds more easily. And that hopefully would lead to us getting more of that, uh, more of those cleanup costs billed for and collected on the property tax bill. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. And that bill is currently in the House, right? It's on the House, in the House calendar? Yeah, it got a 24-hour rule today. Okay, so, so which means which means they'll not take, next week, but Yeah, the next they'll week. take it up the week after the budget. Right, so, so. when mm-hmm. they put the budget in masthead position on the calendar, that means that that's the only, that's the first and only thing they can take up. Right. So rarely, they may read new bills at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. that's really the only thing. And new bill introductions are starting to taper off with as close we get to yeah, yeah closer yeah, we get crossover to crossover. Yeah, crossover is only what four weeks away. Yes, the the seventh is the last day before the tenth. Yeah, March seventh, uh, April seventh, April seventh. <laughs> we're Run in March, them, January, February, we're in March. March. Yeah. Um, and so, and also while we're talking about the house, I would like to give a maybe a congratulations on um, yeah. for to Gary Simrel, representative Gary Simrel, house majority leader representative from Rock Hill, um, a congratulations on his retirement, but um, I wish he wasn't retiring. I wish he was staying where he was. He has been a true statesman, a level headed um, person that has brought both sides of the aisle together to work out some of our state's, biggest issues. And and Representative Simrel has been a an ally of cities and towns. Yep, absolutely. Uh, when it was helpful to us, sometimes he didn't vote with us or didn't necessarily take up our cause, but certainly was always is has been and has always been willing to listen. Yes. And and uh, has always been honest about his position and told us straight up absolutely. what he was going to do and not going to do. And of course, we know that he is a obviously a very good friend of the city of Rock Hill absolutely. and uh, and the other towns in his district. So he will be his leadership and his hair will be missed. Great hair. Yeah. I hope my good. hair still looks as good at his age uh, as his does. Yeah. He's now. got he's so, got great hair. Yeah. Um, but anyway, tribute to Gary. He'll he'll be missed by a lot of people. You know, I wonder what he's going to do next. Do you think we might see him gosh, in I don't the know. future? A hair model? Oh, gosh, no. Like a shampoo? No. Who no. was that? Um, that lineman, and I can't remember what team he played for. He was an NFL. Troy Polamalu. Yes, with the beautiful with the head hair. and shoulders and commercial. Yeah, yeah, he was head and shoulders. Yeah. How about that? That's a great gig. It's a great gig. 
All right, I'm going to walk across the lobby now. I don't know if it's crowded or not um, to the Senate. It's crowded. It was crowded this about, week. Was it crowded, really? It, yeah, it's, it's back to normal. Did you get puked on? No, oh, no, okay. no. Um, let's walk across the hall to the Senate. Um, continue, continuing our get down to business mentality for this week's podcast. Just just, just the facts. Just the facts. That's just all we want. Just getting straight there. So <laughs> the the Senate adjourned today, Thursday, as they had started to discuss Senate Bill 1087, which is the comprehensive income tax cut. I think they gave it second reading. Did they really? Yeah, I think so. I had to jump on a, a meeting, a, a Teams meeting, so I missed the very end of it. Yeah. So they I'm, gave it second reading. That's I'm, even I'm better. Almost, I'm almost sure they did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this bill is Senator Peeler's, sponsored by Senator Peeler. Yep. Um, and it's his answer to the House bill that was passed last week by the House. Um, it's even bigger. To to cut income taxes and I believe manufacturing property taxes. So Am I right on that? It will lower the... Uh, the, There's also a rebate in there. It will, yeah, it will lower the individual income tax rate, the highest individual income tax rate, from seven percent down to five point seven percent. Okay. Okay. A one point three percent decrease, and then it will also effectively lower the uh, industrial property tax assessment from. Nine percent now, where it is. Okay. In the Constitution, it's ten and a half percent. Right. Using the same methodology a few years ago during during the gap with the gas tax. Okay. The General Assembly lowered that ten and a half to nine percent. Right. This effort would lower it from nine percent to six percent. Okay. And and let me tell you how they do that because assessment ratios are set in the Constitution. The General Assembly cannot change that. Right. Okay. It takes that a, would have to go on the takes ballot. A constitutional yeah. amendment. However. What the General Assembly can do is dictate how much of a property may be assessed for property taxes. Okay. So instead of assessing 100% of, a, of the property at 10.5%, they're only going to assess 42% of the property, of an industrial property, at 10.5%, which is an effective property tax rate of 6%. So that's in there. And then there's a billion dollars that is being set aside to send tax rebate checks to every individual income tax filer uh, or every any every uh, couple or individual who files an income tax return, a state income tax return, will receive this rebate from $100 up to $700. Okay. So. Russell Cox, Mr. Producer, if he files an individual income tax return, he'll get, say, $300. Okay. I don't know how much he'll get, but let's just right. say he gets 300 bucks For the sake of math. But but Dr. Slatton and I, who filed jointly, right. because that's only one income tax filing, she and I will only get $300. We wouldn't get $600. Okay, so you so don't each get one. You just It's just one it's, file. It's okay. one per filing. Okay. Yes, got it. That's right. One one rebate per filing and whatever that amount is. I don't know what it is. So, so. we anticipate them giving the bill third. Did they do automatic third? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear I it was either. On that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we, we anticipate that bill moving out of the out of the For Senate, sure. either yeah. getting third reading tomorrow, Friday, or um, Tuesday. Right, right. And um, moving on, they also set Senate Bill 133, 
um, for special order for next week, yep. which is another convention of states bill. Yes. They passed one out um, this week, the House version of a joint resolution, but this is the Senate version right. of convention of states. Yep. Um, also, which is a, a, a big deal for us this week because this is one of the advocacy initiatives for cities and towns, um, the a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee uh, passed out favorably with a couple of amendments House Bill 3050, which is the law enforcement reform bill that has yeah. been previously passed by the House. Really important piece of legislation that Erica Wright on our staff has been working on. Uh, since, since she started. Since she started yeah, so with two us a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, she testified in favor of the bill along with uh, the the uh, Sheriff's Association, Police Chiefs Association. Uh, Jackie Swindler, the director of the Criminal Justice Academy, was there. He testified. Others, I, I think Brian Sterling, the director of, yeah, uh, he did. of prisons, corrections. corrections, he testified. Um, and so that bill will now go to the full Senate Judiciary Committee. It's a House bill, right? which means it's already met the crossover deadline, so we don't have to worry about right. that. So, and I think there's a full um, Senate Judiciary meeting for Tuesday. Yeah, I, so there's bipartisan support for this bill. Yes. It's been vetted. It has been uh, studied, and I think that um, it has a really, really good chance of passage and if it is implemented, if it's passed into law and implemented, then there are some things in there that are going to be very helpful to cities and towns across the state by way of setting minimum standards for how uh, municipal for departments police departments right? okay. run across the state. But they won't be developing those policies by themselves. The Law Enforcement Training Council They'll and have SLED will be responsible for developing those mm -hmm. minimum standards, and then it would be simply a matter of local jurisdictions adopting those and implementing those standards. So this is this is a, a big step forward for our state because we've never had, we've never held police agencies, sheriff's departments to any sort of minimum standards. Right. We've never compelled them to meet minimum standards. Certainly there are voluntary standards through mm -hmm. CALEA, that uh, that agencies could take advantage of, but they don't all do it. This will require that to happen. And one of the amendments that they passed in subcommittee was to move the effective date until January yep. of 2023. Right. So that would give departments, you know, an yep. extra six months, depending on when that bill signed into law, yep. um, some time to adopt and, and train on those minimum standards. Yeah, just like with uh, the business license tax standardization law, right, Act right. 176, we had to change. This the, can't happen overnight. Yeah, we we had yeah. To, we had to change the effective date for that thing from what it was originally because we needed the time right. to be able to get everybody get everybody moved over to the new standards. Right, yep. the new yep. standards. Mm -hmm. um, so that those were some big big things in the Senate this week, and that kind of wraps everything up. Of course, we followed other bills. Um, that were in subcommittee, and we did hearings and testimonies. But I, this was really that was the week. Let's yes. talk about the uh, the poor's bill, the retirement. Okay. The retirement bill. Okay. Um, there were two retirement bills in a in the ways in a ways and means subcommittee this yeah, week. Yeah, the one that we were most interested in raises the cap on earnings that a retiree who comes back to work can earn and still draw his or her retirement pay. If they pay, if they go to work for an employer in the, doing the same right, job, in the 
South Carolina retirement system. So right now, well, after COVID, after the COVID emergency measures concluded, we went back to what had been going on previously, and that is if if a police officer retires and he decides he wants to come back to work, even in a if he wants to come back to work, even in a part-time basis, right. he couldn't earn more than $10,000 and still and still draw his retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay? But because of the huge vacancy rates that we have in law enforcement and uh, firefighting agencies across all public safety agencies right. across the state, Not to mention teachers. we've got to come up with some way to get these folks who have retired and still want to work, we've got to get them back into the workforce. Right. And so- this bill would raise that $10,000 cap to $50,000. Okay. You might be able to buy a tank of gas. Well, that's true. But but Maybe. that's more of an incentive for those folks to be able to come back. They, would, they could earn up to $50,000 while they also are drawing their retirement from their original right. retirement uh, uh-huh. years. Um, they would have to – the bill was amended so that they would have to – uh, have a year's break in service okay. before they came back. And then their, the, the, the other amendment would have the Law Enforcement Training Council define what a critical need is. And in my mind, a critical need is filling vacancies. The right. critical need for municipal police agencies across the state right now is filling vacancies mm-hmm. because vacancy rates are continuing to rise so uh, in talking to our law enforcement uh, partners across the state, I've told them, you know, critical need isn't, doesn't mean discipline specific, like a prison guard or, or a school right, resource right. officer. Critical need also includes we got to fill these jobs. Right. And it doesn't include creating new jobs or new positions. It's right. the current it's, vacancies, what they have. Yeah. What, okay. My normal complement of, of 12 officers, right. I'm down to eight right yeah. now. Yeah. I need you've something got, to be able to fill, fill yeah. those four positions right. that are open, yeah. uh, let alone adding new positions. And I can't know, fill what I've got. You know, Scott, officers that started, maybe they went to the academy right out of high school. Yep. And they started, they're retiring at earlier ages or younger ages, I guess, because some of them have started right out of high school or maybe even after going to so, um, technical college yeah, or so, college for four years. So some of them, so you got to be 21. Uh, now you do. Uh, but so you could retire as a law enforcement officer at 46 years old. Right. Under the new retirement. Under the plan. current yeah. retirement system. Yeah, you could. Because you only have to, you know, public safety officials only have to have 25 years and of listen, service. So. Some, well, I'm, I'm probably, what, 15 years away from 46. Yeah. You've, oh, already, <laughs> you've already reached. Every week. <laughs> um, Every week. But I don't, that's, I mean, that's, 46 is young. 46 is very young. If you'd asked me that when I was 21, I'd have been like, oh my God. Tom Brady played football this season. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's 40, a, 44. He's a 60-year-old man. Right. Come on. <laughs> so, you know, so the, some of these officers are retiring at 46 and maybe they don't want to work full time, but $10,000 doesn't call, doesn't cover no. even part time work. No. So uh, they want to come back. Let's get them. Let's keep, a them good in, idea. let's keep them in the industry. Let's keep them in, in the law right. enforcement. They've got business. lots of experience, yeah. hopefully good experience, Absolutely. and they Absolutely. can really offer something to a department. So we're hopeful that that bill is going to get moving out of the House over to the Senate. They got to hurry. And yeah, they do. They got to hurry. Do. We're pushing them. We're um, pushing them. Anything else? 
that we need to talk about? No, we're you know we'll just be vigilant next week for provisos. Yeah, next week's going to be yeah, as I like yeah. to describe it. It um, is it is open season. <laughs> I hope that I hope that rule change though is going to be helpful. Right. Uh, it will it will you know Todd talks about the or no maybe it was not Todd somebody else talks about you know on social media some of the it's it's real easy like on Twitter to just type something and hit and hit send. Sure. But on Instagram, you really have to kind of slow down and take your time right. before you before you hit send or or before you post something. I kind of hopefully that's what's going to happen with this new proviso they just rule. Instagram the Inst- budget instead of just knee knee jerk throw in a proviso. Hey, you know what? I got to think about whether or not I can get a three fifths majority right, to, right. to vote in favor of this thing. And first of all, is it germane? And then can I get over this other hurdle? So maybe right. that maybe that'll be a good thing for the process. Well, I like that. I like I like things to be thoughtful. I don't I don't like knee jerk because we we deal with too much of that right in our business. Yeah, I mean because. You know, in previous budget years, uh, provisos oh are God. coming out guns a blazing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're getting that uh, sheet update, you know, every hour or so, yeah. and this just something new every time. So ridiculous. We'll, the whole team, all of us, will be uh, we'll we'll have our antenna up. And absolutely. Hopefully, we'll be able to stop uh, stop things. Listen, that we'll be on scene. We'll be off scene. We'll be yeah. we'll be everywhere. So. If we call you or we text you, pick up the phone, answer our calls, respond yes, to our texts. Yes, because we're going to need you that minute to start calling and texting because That's we right. know something is coming up. That's right. Um, Scott, thanks for joining me this week. It's been another wild week. I'm hope I hope after maybe the house budget, um, maybe we've crossed. You know, we've crossed the river. I don't know. Maybe we've we've gotten. A little bit closer to the end. We're starting to see a little bit of a light. I don't know. Some days I see it brightly, and then sometimes I want to crawl back into I think, uh, you know, it's everything's going fine now. We're okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to give everybody the same instructions that I do every week. But before I do that, um, I want to say, um, give a shout out to my son's um, baseball team, Big Red Box. Go Big Red Box tonight. We got a game. Let's do it. It's chilly outside. Um, it is chilly. We're going to have to wrap up. Anyway, go Big Red. Um, please continue to be vigilant with your hygiene. Wash your hands. Wear a mask if you don't feel well and you're going to be around others. Talk to your doctor or your child's doctor about getting vaccinated if you have questions about that. Um, eat your vegetables. Drink lots of water. Try to exercise daily, although I know that is difficult for all of our working parents out there. Trust roll me, your cl- I get it. Roll your clocks forward Sunday night or on Saturday the night. 13th? Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah, that's that'll, right. Saturday night on the thirteenth. Exer- that'll help with the exercise. That will routine. very much help with your exercise routine because it's going to be lighter longer. And yeah. hopefully, this little second winter we're having here in March will be gone and everybody can enjoy the pollinated out of doors at eighty <laughs> degrees. Um, take care of yourselves and we will see you back here next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.